0: Welcome to Medical Breakthroughs from PEM Medicine, advancing medicine through precision diagnostics and novel therapies. Your host is Dr. Lee Friedman. Our patients with ulcerative colitis often need to take multiple medications to attempt to achieve and sustain remission. Laparoscopic j pouch surgery is a procedure that can often cure patients with ulcerative colitis as well as eliminate their risk of colorectal cancer. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and with me today is Dr. Najia Mahmoud. An associate professor and the chief of the division of colon and rectal surgery in the department of surgery at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Mahmood, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much.
0: We're very excited to uh, hear about J pouch surgery, and I'm an internist, so I know really nothing about this. Could you perhaps start by telling us what this procedure is?
1: Well, sure, um, and I should be a little bit more specific. So. When we say J-pouch surgery, what we're really talking about is the removal of the colon and the rectum and then creation of, you could call it a neorectum or a new rectum, uh, by fashioning it from the terminal ilium and attaching that to the tissue just above the anus in the anal canal. So really, it's a laparoscopic total proctocolectomy with J-pouch reconstruction. We also call it an ileal reservoir. We also call it a Parks pouch. So there are a lot of synonymous terms for this, but it's done typically for patients who suffer from uh, ulcerative colitis as well as familial adenomatous polyposis a genetic or an inherited syndrome.
0: And that would make sense and it essentially limits uh, those latter patients' risk for colorectal cancer?
1: Correct. It does, actually.
0: And are all patients with ulcerative colitis candidates for this or does it need to be something that really affects a large portion of the colon?
1: Ulcerative colitis is a disease that can take a few different forms. It, it can be severe, it can be mild, it can be moderate. Patients can suffer from ulcerative colitis with dysplasia, which is changes in the cells or the lining of the colonic epithelium that can predispose them to cancer. So really, you know, the indications for J-pouch, we don't do J-pouch surgery or total proctocolectomy J-pouch reconstruction for all patients with ulcerative colitis. Clearly, patients with limited Proctitis and left-sided colitis are patients who could probably avoid J-pouch surgery. Patients who are well-maintained on medical therapy and are comfortable with good quality of life and minimal medication side effects are patients who can avoid J-pouch surgery. Patients who have colonoscopy every year with serial biopsies who lack or fail to show dysplasia, either low grade or high grade in the colon or rectum, are patients who can avoid J-pouch surgery. But if any patients fail to meet those criteria, in other words, if they are failing medical management and have become steroid dependent, for example, Mm -hmm. symptoms are so miserable that medication doesn't work and their quality of life is suffering, then surgery is the next option. The other thing that we do J-patch surgery for total proctocolectomy is dysplasia. And we think that patients who have both high and low-grade dysplasia is a little bit more controversial, but not not terribly controversial. But low and and high-grade dysplasia or multifocal low-grade dysplasia are patients who are uh, good candidates for J-patch surgery because their risk of cancer is so high. Uh, the cancers that they have can be quite small and quite difficult to detect. That's the other major indication for J-pouch surgery.
0: Very interesting. And are lesser surgeries ever done for ulcerative colitis?
1: It's an area of, of some controversy. So there are practitioners, surgeons, and gastroenterologists who occasionally can uh, do or recommend patients for total colectomy with an ileal rectal anastomosis sparing the rectum the difficult part about having a total proctocolectomy is the proctectomy part mm-hmm. total proctocolectomy because a lot of the function is in the rectum and a lot of the morbidity of the operation itself is conferred by the proctectomy portion of the case. Damage to the hypogastric nerves controlling sexual function, damage to the parasympathetic nerves controlling urinary function, you know, just simply the functional consequences of not having a rectum to store stool or mediate defecation makes it difficult. So there are very, very select and few patients who may be candidates for a rectal bearing procedure but it's not very commonly done and it's not a very widely advocated operation I'll put it that way
0: If you're just tuning in you're listening to Medical Breakthroughs from Penn Medicine on Reach MD I'm your host Dr Lee Friedman and I'm speaking with Dr Najia Mahmud about J pouch surgery Now Dr Mahmud you mentioned that it's a relatively big procedure with some risk, but that there are other options should patients not want to have uh, the procedures you were describing. Uh, What are the other options that patients have?
1: Well, I was really uh, kind of referring to the fact that there are sometimes some patients who are so ill, they're so malnourished, or they're on uh, high doses of steroids that we opt to do something called a three-stage procedure rather than a two-stage procedure. It is not as if the patients don't qualify for J-pouch procedure. It's just that putting in a J-pouch in a patient who has a pre-albumin of less than 10 or 15 or, or has an albumin of less than 3 is really dangerous and increases their risks of infection. So what we typically do in those circumstances is that we do what's called a a three-stage. We first do a laparoscopic subtotal colectomy and bring out an end ileostomy. About two to three months later, after the patient's healed uh, and is healthy off all medications, we go back and we do a completion proctectomy J-pouch procedure leaving a loop ileostomy in place in the same place that we had the end ileostomy. And then two months after that, we go back and we close the ileostomy.
0: So a more prolonged procedure overall, but it gives time for each stage to heal.
1: And consequently minimizes the risks of septic complications. So There are ways to offer patients GI continuity who have severe ulcerative colitis or medically unresponsive ulcerative colitis who can't have a J-pouch right away. There's a way to do it that sequences things in a way that minimizes sepsis.
0: And after this procedure has been done, the patient is without a colon, what kind of things do we need to watch for metabolically or side effect-wise as we follow these patients down the road?
1: So this goes back to the counseling question. How do you counsel somebody about what their postoperative function is going to be like? Mm -hmm. Most of the preoperative counseling for J-Pouch surgery has to do with um, first deciding whether or not somebody is a candidate for the procedure. Uh, whether their continence is good uh, preoperatively. If they are incontinent of stool preoperatively, then a J-pouch is not going to help that situation. In fact, it's going to worsen that situation. And how risk-tolerant or risk-averse they are uh, and what their motivation is for preserving GI continuity. So you have to establish that. Their sort of performance status and physical statuses pre-surgery, pre-operatively, so deciding what operation is good for them. Then you have to talk to them about the functional consequences of J-pouch surgery. Once you've decided, okay, we're going to go down the road of establishing a J-pouch and you are a good candidate for a J-pouch, what kind of function can you expect post-operatively? I tell patients that after the ileostomy closure and we've reestablished GI continuity, the major challenge for those patients initially is bowel frequency. So the good part about j surgery for most patients with ulcerative colitis is they get rid of the colon, they get rid of the medications associated with their symptoms and that horrible feeling of cramping and nausea that they get, and they get rid of the urgency, but they don't get rid of the frequency necessarily. So most patients with J-pouches, I say, will have good function if they have between five and seven bowel movements per day. Uh, that's considered good function without urgency. So that's important because most patients with also severe ulcerative colitis struggle with urgency, and that's a terrible feeling for them. So the fact that they can be medication-free without urgency is, is a real triumph. And that is what a pouch can do. But you also have to tell them, look, you know, initially, when we first close your ileostomy, you could have real frequency. You could go 10, 20, 30 times a day initially for the first few weeks. And there are ways that we can help you through that with things like imodium, antidiarrheals, fiber, to thicken up the stools and reduce peristalsis, make you go less frequently. But there are going to be challenges the first few months after ileostomy closure. I also tell them, though, that those challenges get fewer and fewer as time goes on. So the body does have an internal biofeedback, its own internal biofeedback loop and way of accommodating to that kind of frequency. So the body learns itself to slow down. Now, you asked about metabolic issues associated with JPEG surgery, and The patient still has the entire complement of small bowel, the entire length of small bowel. They still have the terminal ileum as well. Also, interestingly enough, after several months, the small bowel will accommodate and take up some of the absorptive function of the colon. So patients with J-pouches are really not very prone to things like severe electrolytes disturbances or protein malnutrition or malabsorption of or fats or, or any any of those other problems or derangements, they actually do really well.
0: That's very interesting. So with the vitamin deficiencies and uh, you really don't have to worry about that? They
1: really don't. They really don't. They don't really even need vitamin D twelve. They still have their entire terminal ileum and that terminal ileum is functioning. That's the good news for them. They can have issues with dehydration initially when they have their ileostomies. You really have to counsel patients about watching and monitoring how much their temporary ileostomies are putting out.
0: I can imagine, it, and especially if they're going 10, 20 times a day for the first month or two afterward. Dr. Mahmoud, as we look ahead in the next uh, five years or so, do you see any new developments in this type of technique?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because it's a technique that's evolved over the past, I'd say, 20 to 30 years. In the early 1980s, we used to do these procedures, obviously not laparoscopically. We used to do them in an open fashion. And before the wide advent of surgical stapling devices, we used to do something called a mucosectomy where we would, from the anal approach, I would do a combined approach, transanal and transabdominal, taking the colon and the rectum out and then basically skinning the anal canal and doing a hand-sewn anastomosis or a hand-sewn connection. And some people still do that, but the advent of surgical stapling has created a situation where we can very easily and readily attach the J-pouch to the top of the anal canal. And I would say that that's been the biggest and best improvement in, in both the surgery itself as well as postoperative function. Patients with a, a staple technique have better postoperative functions than patients who've had the hands and ucicectomy technique. Um, I think that the next advance if you will, maybe, although it's not certainly not for sure yet, but maybe involves uh, doing the pouch part robotically or doing the uh, rectal part robotically. Although many of us do that part laparoscopically right now, so it's unclear what advantage the robot would have, but that may be something that's increasing in the future.
0: Well, that is very interesting. And I want to very much thank Dr. Najia Mahmood for being with us today and describing for us some of the considerations and the techniques of the so called J-Pouch procedure for ulcerative colitis. Thank you so much, Dr. Mahmood. Well,
1: thank you so much, too. It's
0: been a pleasure. You've been listening to Medical Breakthroughs from Penn Medicine. To download this podcast or to access others in the series, please visit slash pen and visit Penn Physician Link an exclusive program that helps referring physicians connect with Penn. Here you can find education resources, information about our expedited referral process, and communication tools. To learn more, visit wwwpenmedicineorg slash physician link. Thank you for listening.